Welcome to Warnounds, a Privateer Press podcast. I'm Locke, he's Caster, and today we will be talking about the Iron Kingdoms and a sprinkling of news. Welcome to Warnounce, episode 20. And the biggest news that I can present to you is Iron Kingdom's Requiem. It is now live on Kickstarter. It's been live for a couple of days at this point, And it already has 17 of its stretch goals unlocked with five remaining. Yes, assuming they don't add any more. Uh, so get in on it now. It is it's awesome. There's um, how many days remaining on it? I, I saw and I have okay, suddenly okay, forgot. I have it. I have it here. I just got to switch over to the right page. Okay. Um, I think it's like 12, 13. 13 days to go as of today. Uh, and today is the 29th. So get on that quick. Uh, it's only a hundred bucks to get a, a <laughs> look. Like, they have a banner right there. Funded in 73 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Who was that quick? Yeah. Holy no. cow. Yeah, no. Like, you were like, hey, I hear it's up. I'm like, yeah, I already checked it. And um, and then and then you come you came home for lunch and you and it was like, it was oh, already yeah. funded. It was already funded. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you get the uh, Witchfire okay. book and so, you, you, you talk about it. There are multiple levels um, to this. There is the scrolling down, scrolling down. There is the basic. Um, oh, that's is that what I want? That's the rewards. No, no, no. That no, that, oh, that it. is it. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so there is the basic twenty-five dollar, which is a D, uh, digital PDF version of Iron Kingdom's Requiem. There is a fifty-dollar version, which is um, PDFs of Iron Kingdom's Requiem, Legends of the Witchfire, and the Monster Nomicon, yep. all the PDF form. Then there is the uh, Paper Player, which is a $50 version, which is just the core rulebook, Iron Kingdom's Requiem, um, printed and digital version. There is the Player GM, which is a, um, or Paper GM, which is a printed and digital version of the Iron Kingdom's Requiem, Legend of the Witchfire, and the Monster Nomicon. It is too late to get the early bird special, so I will not give it to you. <laughs> and then there's a retail version, so man. And then there's there's a lot of stretch goals. There's do, a lot. Do we want to go over all the stretch goals? Uh, no, just just okay. a couple call outs. Um, so we have the digital extra, um, which is the um, PDF for all the character sheets. There is the um, no no go go to the first one there. It was the oh that's what it was. So there's gridded battle tiles for the streets of Corvus. Um, you have the, uh, what is that one? It is the Legends of Witchfire campaign handouts for the, uh, for that, which I think is really cool. Um, one of them is a bookmark, uh, ribbon for the, um, uh, the physical, uh, Alternate book. artwork for the GM screen. Yep, because people were dissatisfied with the first one, so there, we now have an alternate. More gridded tiles. More gridded tiles. Coins uh, of the Realm handout. I am I I want to know what is in that. I want to see oh, them oh, and look oh, at them. Oh, oh, and then Iron Kingdom's map poster. 
Yeah. I mean, just that is like, so we, we haven't. Frame it, put it on the wall. Yeah. All good. We, we haven't actually gotten ours yet because it fell in the wrong payday, but we get we get paid soon and, and we're going to get ours. Yeah. We're, like, we're definitely like getting it. The payday comes and as soon as the money hits our bank account, we're doing it. Yep. Bills be damned. Bills be damned. Um, and then there's a bunch of things that haven't been unlocked yet, uh, including the Iron Kingdom's Urban Dictionary. I really hope we hit that stretch goal, but if we don't, then I'm sure they'll release it later at some point. They've already planned the content, apparently, so hopefully that comes out later anyways. And I wanted to show you this, Caster, but look right here is a page, an example page from the Monsternomicon, and it is Archon Ooh. Menite. Archon Menite. Okay, yeah, so the means, Archons are going to be in the book. Yeah, and it has it has its armor class, it has its hit points. A lot of hit points. Saving throws, skills, it's it's the whole thing. You know, um, abilities, oh. magic things, actions, actions. reactions. Yeah. Legendary actions. That, that is... Wow. Yeah. Oh, and there's a winter troll. <laughs> Look down there. Then there's a little winter troll. A little winter troll. Yeah. And so. apparently, because it has been unlocked in the stretch goals, they're going to have the death jack in the Monster Nomicon. Ooh. See, the, the Monster Nomicon intrigues me for many reasons. A, you get to look at all of these uh, cool entities and whatnot, but B, you also get to see the lore on them, and that is what I am after. Uh, I want to read and see for myself how much of it has changed from the original Monster Nomicons, if anything. And Which how means, much they, they transcribe over. Yeah. That would be awesome. Um, what I want to get is, is I want to get um, the uh, the Iron Kingdom's book, and I want to see how much they've changed there. Yeah. Or not the, um, the Iron Kingdom's book. The um, Witchfire Trilogy yeah. book. The, the, the hook for it is, is A Girl, A Sword, A Secret. Okay. Okay. I could buy that. I think they could have done better, but I'll buy that. Yeah. So. Meh. Um, also, uh, with the... I, I said I turned off my phone. Hold on. Um... So here is the finished slaughterhouse. Oh wow! And you can find this on Private Press's Twitter or Instagram, and it is glorious. I have to say, uh, Angel uh, did a wonderful job. I love it so much. Wow! It makes me so happy. <laughs> I can't wait to see what this model looks like on the table, painted or unpainted. I think it's going to look amazing. I want it. I want it. I want to eat something with it. I'm also waiting for someone to, like, separate it, you know, depending on how the model comes, separate the base from the model and have it have tree roots, uh, like, that's walking around on um, and have that attached to the base. I want to see if someone does that. I want it. I want to do horrible things to other people with it. Yeah, I can see that happening. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, that's awesome. Any of you guys out there that haven't taken a look, look that up. If you're interested in um, uh, Monster Apocalypse, there's this guy. Oh, the Cassander, Legend of Mutants monster. Huh, a giant tiger guy with... Uh... That is a lion. Look at his mane. I don't know why I said tiger. I don't wow. know why you said tiger either. That's embarrassing. That okay, is embarrassing. Okay, that is definitely a lion. No question about that. My, I'm just tired is all. Yes, that's 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 it. All. No, yeah. it's the it's the sugar from the cupcake you ate. 
Yeah, I'm fighting that headache. Um, and then look here. This is a completed painted. Holy cow! I know it's beautiful. It is the defiled, defiled archon. archon. Wow, that that also looks very impressive. Yes, it is stunning. Wow, the level of detail on that, not just from the paint, but the the model itself has a lot a lot of detail to it. Huh. Yep. That's that's cool. And, I then, like that. and then most of the news that that's out there is just basically like, look, we have Iron Kingdom's Requiem. <laughs> Go do that. Um, um, there are some tournaments that have just started on Discord. Uh, as of this mentioning, unfortunately, they have already posted. I'm fairly sure. Um, but if you are looking to get in some games but can't find anyone locally because of world affairs, look at Discord. There are many tournaments and one-off games going on all the time on War Table as well as Tabletop Simulator. Keep an eye out for them. If you're listening to this, you probably already know, but maybe you don't, or maybe you haven't given a shot yet. Please, give it a try. You might like it more than you think. I also have a bit of an announcement. Hmm. We had someone visit our Kofi. Oh! Yeah. So I'm not sure. Uh, his name is Al, and we thank you very, very much for your donation. We enjoy giving you all our um, this content, and uh, we'll be continuing to do for so for a long time, and it's nice to see that. So thank you very much, Al. And uh, yeah, if anyone is interested, uh, it's ko-fi forward slash warnouns. You don't have to, but if you feel so inclined, we always appreciate it. Thank you. So, was there anything else in the news that you oh, had? One second, this oh. is the good tea. <laughs> we finally got our shipment of the good tea. Can we can we plug the tea company or? Why not? I mean, that it's the majority of the tea you drink is from them. Okay, so uh, if you go online and you go to um, Fancy Accents Tea Company. Uh, we, we order from them and I particularly get the, um, off with your head cold, which is delicious. It's part of their, um, herbal tea collection. So the, the website itself, you have to be very careful on because there's several that are similar to it. Um, but it's, um, where is the website on? We are not sponsored. We just order a lot of tea from them. Fancy accent teas is where you need to go. Dot com. Dot com. And I get the um, the Queen of Hearts um, off with your head cold. It is a lemon pomegranate tea. It is delicious. It is my favorite. And it is part of her um, Alice in Wonderland themed herbal tea collection. Yeah. And it's... it's and, they, and they've got teas for like sleeping, digestion. Um, anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah, she's got, um, in that in the herbal collection, she's got all kinds of stuff. And it, it arrived today, and we just made a pot of it, and I'm happy, and I'm going to drink it. It's the Off of the Head Cold is designed to relieve symptoms and stuff like that but from I, cold and sinus pressure. And it, it does it actually just do that. It, it's really good at it. But I don't, I don't drink it for that reason. I drink it because it tastes amazing, and it's got pomegranate and lemon in it. Yeah. So. Okay, now that we've plugged a random tea company... <laughs> And ourselves, yes, we are going to do a completely unscripted 
uh, breakdown of Iron Kingdoms. Yes, as it currently stands, not the D&D editions yeah. of it. And I have to say, I, I haven't played a huge number of... Okay, so you, you must learn one thing about Caster is he is always a GM and never a player. I Nobody, want to play. He does. He does, and it's just, it's just, it's, it's hard for us to find other GMs. Um, the the people that we know that and, and wanted, I'm not organized enough to be a GM. The the people we know that do GM GM for games that we're not interested in, or they already have an established group that's not on our time schedule. Or yeah, or they are they are our ages, but they're still acting like they're much younger than they are, and they GM at, from like five o'clock to like you know, from five o'clock in PM to five o'clock AM and we're like, we have children and we GM for three hours once a week in the evenings. Yeah. <laughs> before we go to bed because we all have to get up for work in the morning. Yeah. So it, it makes it hard. Yeah. So I typically end up GMing. Um, we, we may as well talk a little bit about our RPG history and whatnot a little bit so they kind of okay, know yeah, our background. Ahead. You roll. So, um, not, that's not a whole lot to say, but, um, so I have my first experience with, uh, RPGs, uh, pencil paper version would be, uh, D&D 3.5. That was the most popular thing of the time when I got into it. And, um, we did... A fair bit of that. Um, I wouldn't say many campaigns per se. There was like one, but a lot of one-offs. Uh, and then after that, everyone kind of got bored with that as, you know, the system was a bit wonky and clunky in places and what they wanted to do wasn't supported at the time. I mean, it is now. So then we switched over to uh, a system called Alternity, which is a uh, sci-fi Experience, which I I had a blast at. I really enjoyed that. Uh, you can get your own ship and crew and whatnot. And there's a lot of things like that now, but nothing at the time. Um, the combat system and skill checks take a bit of getting used to, but once you learn it, it's fairly intuitive. And then after that, um, we there was one other little game we found, and then uh, I started playing War Machine. A lot more and once I started playing War Machine around that time we discovered hey there's an RPG for War Machine called Iron Kingdoms and this was during the D20 system and we discovered the Witchfire trilogy and we started into it and stopped we got like uh, two sessions in like nothing accomplished because it was all just people standing around talking about what they're doing and the group fell apart, as they always do, and it was much, much later on that we came back to it. And that is when uh, my roommates at the time, we really started getting into campaigns, and we actually did a couple campaigns. Which we will talk about later on. Yeah, um, but we never really touched base on the Witchfire itself until I was like, hey, I have these PDFs. I want to play this, and like, no, you know, we want to do our own thing. Well, that was cool, but eventually I was able to start GMing it, and uh, I haven't been able to stop. There's other games I want to play. There's other RPGs I want to play. I want to try Mouse Guard, and I want to try um, Mazes and Minotaurs and things like that, but, meh, 
Anyways, I've rambled on enough. That's basically my entire experience is D&D 3.5, Alternity, which is a fun one if you've never heard of it. Check that one out. And then, uh, yeah, Iron Kingdoms. So, not the most diverse, I admit, but that was like 20 years condensed down to a couple minutes. So, yeah, not near as much as I would like to have done, admittedly. You're not that old. Oh, 15 years? Yeah, that'd be better. Yeah, 15 years. Have you been playing since you first started? Uh, it was fairly early on when okay. I when. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you condensed your playing. Yeah. And what is your experience, Locke? Um, I that that's a difficult one because um, that that is mired in my uh, dark past. <laughs> um, okay, fine. Uh, I'll I'll break it down for you. Um, so I I hung out with a uh, a nerdy group in in high school. And we never really did much. We talked about D&D, and I think I bought, like, a D&D's player manual, but we never actually, like, got into playing it. And then when we, uh, when we got out of high school, um, my friends stayed really close with each other, and, and I was sort of tangent, tangential. I was on the side. Um, and I, uh, I got, um, into, uh, got really, really depressed. And, um... I was not hanging out with the best people. I, I, I didn't do anything bad. I just wasn't hanging out with the best people. And I, I brought one of um, those people to hang out with my friends when they were doing D&D one time. Because um, I was sort of dating him, but not dating him. And I thought, um, and this was one of the few times they had invited me to do D&D. Uh, they didn't like him, so they decided they didn't like me anymore. And they didn't invite me back over. Mm. And so I, I did... Clicks. Um don't don't get me started on my horrible friend group. Yeah, no, um, no. <laughs> um, so they, um, I am socially inept um, when it comes to long-term friendships. I'm a very friendly person, and I'm fairly easy to get along with, but I am socially retarded when it comes to long-term friendships. Mm. Yeah. Um, though though I, I have made a, a few good friends but they're they're far and few between um you can count this caster among them yes that's because i married you <laughs> hey we're still friends yeah we are friends okay back <laughs> let's let's not get into that okay let, let's, let's get back so then um uh so then uh they i stopped really hanging out early doing anything with him and and the on the other guy too the 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 other guy that i was hanging out with i stopped hanging out with him um, he, cause he was going down a more destructive path and, and I was not, I was never really, I was depressed, but I was never really self-destructive. Yeah. So I was just like, you go destroy yourself, but I'm not gonna, you know, I was, I was only like 18. I, I didn't drink until I was 21. I mean, he was like trying to go like party and stuff and I was just not on board with that stuff. So I stopped hanging out with him and then I uh, started dating another guy and he brought me into his D and D group and they were playing a, um, remixed version of, I think it was 2.5. Or something they called it um, Rick 2.5 or Rick 0.5 or something like that. Hmm. Uh, and it was a, a very, it was an older, it was um, when I was going to community college and it was an yeah. older gentleman. He was one of the teachers and he taught his, uh, and people from um, his classes and his fencing group would come, um, because he also taught fencing, they would come and they would play D&D. &D. 
and they were a very well-established group, and they let me play and everything, but they had a lot of in-jokes that I didn't get, and yeah. um, he was he was very strict and, and very rules-oriented. You didn't get to choose what character looked like. You rolled for it. You rolled for your weight. You, you, you did all this stuff. Oh. And um, I played I played a few sessions of that, um, and, and he was like... I, I was a wizard and I had a familiar and I kept telling my familiar to do things and he's like, well, how are you going to get it to do it? I'm like, how am I not going to not get it to do it? <laughs> um, and and I can I can be very boisterous, but I can also be very shy. And and um, I stopped dating that individual and I stopped going to that group. Um, so then my uh, next experience would have been Iron Kingdoms with you guys. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then um, after that, I played. We played whatever Star Wars game we played. Yeah, we, we we did try Star Wars Fallen Empire. Yeah. Or so whatever it's I, called. I'm also I'm a curse to games. Um, you got to understand this. When I get involved in a um, because so I I tried one more time with the the first friend group to play D and I'm a curse to games. Games get started and then they die because of me. Or not because of me, they just die. I, I just so happen to be involved. So, um, I, um, the, I tried to play another game with that friend group that I told you from before. Yeah. And that one ended. Yeah. Um, it might have been because of me, but it might have been, I, I didn't bring the, the, the one person, it was just me, went over there. It might have been me, it might have been because it was a bunch of my guy friends and their girlfriends didn't like me. Who knows? Might have been a thing. Yeah. Um, then there was the um, then the the gaming group that I mentioned with that other boyfriend that one ended. Yeah. And then we I, I came into that game before we were dating when we were playing. Um, yeah. That 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 one that you guys were playing I came to that that one ended. Yeah, that one ended like. And that then session or the session. And after. then we played another one after that, and that lasted like two sessions. Yeah, it was. Three. And then. Or maybe it was three. And then we played, and then um, we played the Star Wars game, and then we dropped out because I was pregnant. And then um, we played the, I played the other game, um, the one that you didn't go to, but the one that I went to by myself with oh, the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one only lasted a session. Oh, yeah. I almost forgot about that. Actually, yes. I did forget about that uh, and one. Then, and then we started with the Witchfires trilogies, and, and that lasted a session. Yeah. And then, or no, that, I, think that, I think that one actually lasted two. Yeah, it was a session or two. And then we did... Was it Alternity at that point that we switched to? Yeah, and that, that one only lasted a few sessions. That Well, that was like five or six, at least. Like, you have all these stories about these epic campaigns you went on. And I understand that, you know, you have a bunch of stories about little games that happened. But for me, my experience with RPGing is it lasts two, te- two sessions and it dies. I've, I, I, I don't have long... With the exception of our most recent Witchfire, where we got through the first book and the middle adventure. And we, we, still, have, we still have our characters. Yep. And we still are in contact with the group. Yep. And we just need to sort of move everything in motion to start happening yeah, that the this the middle adventure ended right as a lockdown started and uh we also had another event happen with one of the members and by no, the no, time no, that was that was oh that my, was before no yeah. that, that, that was when my my um my, my uh my gallbladder had to come out Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's that's when so I had we to go got prolonged and prolonged, and then so we're we're poised to get back into it. We just have to actually do it. So yeah, then we will start on book two. So yeah, yeah. 
that's all of that in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> a very long nutshell. Yes. Um, so then <laughs> we came to talk about Iron Kingdoms and we started talking about it ourselves. No. I like Iron Kingdoms. I, I, um, I've never played past, I, I played a little bit of D&D .5 and then I played that, ma that Helm Mix version and I played that Star Wars yeah. game and then we played that Alternative game, which I was not a fan of. I like Iron Kingdoms. Yeah, Iron Kingdoms is a lot of fun. Anyone who's played War Machine... It's a very familiar system, very, very familiar. And I think it was designed in the way it is so that people could play the Iron Kingdoms RPG and then port that information over to War Machine. So I, I think that's kind of how it was designed. One of the things I like about, um, it's been a long time since I played a D&D game. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I like, I like the different races and I like... The two class system. I am a big fan of the two class mm. system. For those, so for those of you who don't know that much about Iron Kingdoms, you choose two classes um, that complement each other or don't, and um, you use those to make a homogenized one character. And I really like, I really yeah. like that. So the idea is, is your character had a job before what they currently did, and for whatever reason, that job ended. And they had to find a new career path, well, that's, and that's they not continued adventure. You know, that's that's not not, not necessarily. It. I mean, like, um, well, the, just, there are some combinations yeah. where it's so not. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the core handbook, and like, there's like, you can be an aristocrat, but which yeah. is almost a pure RPG character, but you can also be an arcanist, which is a magic user. So you yeah. are an you are an aristocrat, arcanist, and yeah. that's that's cool. That makes sense to me. Or you can be an alchemist and have all the magic and all the stuff, but you can also be a spy. So you're an alchemist spy. And I just, I like and it. And when you choose spy, which I, I really like that they did this. When you choose a spy, you have a cover identity. Okay. Which you so now we're going to get into Caster's experiences <laughs> at his games. Tell them about the Laylee spy. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I... <laughs> I was asked to create a spy character because the GM thought it would be interesting and intriguing to do so. So I'm like, okay, fine, I will create a spy. But I will not just create a spy who's out wandering around finding information, but really he's just adventuring. No, 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 no. If I'm going to RPG it, I'm going to RPG it. So I created a Laylee's... Rinish, which is the the people of uh, uh, Lael, are primarily Rin, and I <laughs> I am a cutthroat spy with a cover story that I am an aristocrat. Yeah, so with a spy, you get a cover story. Yep, and you get a skill and or item if the GM allows associated with your, you know, cover story. Uh, for instance, you're a, uh, I don't know, you're a gun mage, and so you have a mage lock pistol. You never use it, but you have it so people don't question you, or, you know, what have you. So I chose that my cover story is an aristocrat. So you can't just be like, oh, I'm an aristocrat from this other place. You know, people are going to find you out. So I decided to be a little more crafty. I am a Thamorite. I worship Thamar and have a desire for power. And to accentuate this further, I said, okay, GM, here, here's my pitch. I am a cutthroat and I assassinated the mayor. The mayor is a leper and wears a mask. 
So I adorn his clothes, put on the mask, and who's to question me otherwise? <laughs> of, of this town they were in. Of right? this town that we're in, which is not just any little town. No, 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 no. This is the town built around the smoldering cauldron of an active volcano that is also a mining town where they mine out the walls of this volcano, which is laden with red dust. Red powder, excuse me. And red powder plus black powder... Makes gunpowder. Is gunpowder. You don't mix the two together and... No, 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 no. The mixing process is what makes it go boom. So when they have a cartridge or something like that, there's usually, you know, some sort of divider. You pierce the divider, goes boom, there goes the propellant. Well, this town supplies the vast majority of the red powder in all of western Imran. And Kador wants it, and it's in my hands. And it was glorious. And um, so I, I joined this campaign at the end of the campaign. Yeah. And what ended the campaign is... The GM let a player... So, this was a GM who likes player conflict. And um, the players... The the two players who came into conflict don't like player conflict. And so they self-ended the campaign because they knew that they were going to have to fight and they weren't going to do it. Yeah, it it would have ended our friendship. And so we decided to keep our friendship and end the campaign. Yeah, because um, not you, but the other player had been involved in a, um, had been player killed uh, in a different campaign, and he was already talking about, do I really want to stick around with these people? Yeah. So, long... But, no, so, okay. so, that... You're the Marit. Yes. Spy, cutthroat, evil dude. And the GM let this other player... This, this other player didn't know what everybody was. Had no clue what yeah. we were doing or what we were about. Just join... Let him be a screwtator. Menite screwtator, Thamorite spy who has a city in his grasp. You were also slowly converting another Menite person in the party. Yes, a Menite monk. Who you were converting. Uh, yeah, it was glorious. It was awesome. I, I had everything perfect. I, I was you were like, playing you, it up you, you awesomely. Walked, you walked over to him and like, look at that Nis over there. And he's like, yeah. And you go, that's kind of hot. And he's like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I talked. I I talked. Now I I didn't roll the dice. I talked a menite into sleeping with a Nis that was a slave that I owned. That's besides the point. <laughs> but um, or something like that. I I, I I had a hook on her. I don't, I don't know if I owned her outright or something like that. But anyways, um, I here's the thing though is I blackmailed him into it. So he could have said no. But he knew what I would do if he did. So at that point, he's just like, well, okay. No, I'm, I'm just kind of bending the rules a little bit here. And I just kept digging and digging until he was right on the verge of just saying, screw men off. I'm following Thamar. But nope. nope Screwtator came in. Nope. So Screwtator. Um, I, I was involved in the, in the last session of that. And... Um, you'd been making plans with the circle and everything, and, and while the um, the other player, the, the Screwtator, he had been trying to not notice really hard, but it was sort of, sort of getting hard for him to, you know, pretend to be that dumb, and there was, was going to be a battle. I made and a slip of the tongue that he caught me out on, and I did not have a follow-up ready quickly enough, and from there, 
we both knew what was going to happen. There was there was only two ways it was going to end. Either either our characters are going to fight and our friendship, real life friendship, was going to suffer for it, or we ended the campaign. Okay. Now that, you're going to talk like, about the the other campaign where uh, your players killed him. <laughs> so he was GMing this other campaign. <laughs> So, oh gosh! And they got involved, and it was it was a party. It, it was it was a mercenary campaign. Um, but the and this 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 individual we're talking about, he is he is the best to play with because he gets so in to his characters that it is amazing. It is phenomenal. He does yeah. such a good job. And I, like 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 I saw him play the Scrutator, and he's like he he just he just rolls that, and you you can you can picture him as this. Tall, slightly punchy Scrutator walking around barking commands at people and being with like, this, "Have you worshipped Minoff today?" With this giant beard that you and cannot he, question, and he, he's got a rack on his back and everything. Well, in this other campaign, he was playing a um, a female, yes, a woman. He was playing, he a, was playing a, woman. a Kadoran woman um, who had deserted the army or something. Um, she had retired, but she had so. I, I, if I remember correctly, she had retired, but had enough. St- he, he's going to listen to this and be like, "No, you got it wrong." Um, by the by the way, about the Scrutator thing, I'm not upset at you. I'm upset that the GM allowed it. Yeah, to no, we are we are totally both upset really the GM no. You, you didn't that. do anything wrong. It was it was the GM. He shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. Yeah, but um, he she in this particular case was allowed to keep her Man of War armor, and um, <laughs> got headbutted so hard. Got headbutted by a, a light jack so hard she gained eidetic memory. Because that was on the list of the the injury list. Uh, there is a every time your character hits zero hit points, you uh, roll on an injury table to see you know you break your arm, you uh, maybe you die outright, your character sheets ripped in half, sort of thing, or uh, maybe you just have a long healing process or whatever it is. Well, they his got... particular thing was eidetic memory. Yeah. Well. The, the group um, got involved, um, found some Orgoth stuff, and started playing with it. Yes. And the, Most of their missions revolved around going to Orgoth runes and bringing back artifacts to send off to um, a patron. I believe someone was an explorer, but I can't remember anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's that's primarily what they were doing. And this, this, this beautiful, uh, gigantic Kador woman um, was like... Well, the, her her group started playing with the Orgoth items. Yeah, they they were keeping them for themselves and using them and doing stuff with them, and um, they were very good at ensuring that she didn't know what was going on. But she started picking it up. Yeah, she started figuring out. Wait a minute here. And, and she she was a worshiper of Morrow, and she's like, "This is bad. This is black magic. We should not be doing this." And um, they she called the Order of Illumination to come in and take care of this nonsense. Yep. And while um, one of the other players found out about it, and uh, Snuck killed him, her. Uh, it was that, that's that's basically what happened. So a couple of them were out of town, or you know that they were off doing things at the time, so they weren't present for it. But the Order of Illumination shows up and deems that there's nothing safe to salvage. That it, it's safest to just raise the whole thing to the ground. So while they're setting up and have declared what they've done, one of the other characters barges in on uh, this female Kadoran that we've been talking about and kills her just before fire rains down and the place is raised to the ground. And that person got away, too. Yes. 
um, as did their um, friend who was a gobber who was off at town or he was he was off doing something. And that that sort of um, that sort of tainted his view of the group. It it wasn't quite the same after that. Yeah, I, I admittedly. Think, I think I think I think the two of you sort of made the right decision to not continue the the campaign. Yeah, yeah, we we ended it at that point. Um, it it was the the entire campaign was epic up to that point. Uh, I thought it was awesome. People were role playing well, and that's one I think, thing. I think is, that's that's when you decided not to really allow player secrets unless it was nothing big. That was that's that's what I was about to get into is um, a big thing that we were doing at the time was uh, we were allowed and I encouraged players to uh, take three by five note cards, write messages on them, and pass them around. And no one except the recipient is allowed to read them unless the GM uh, states otherwise. But most of them were directed towards the GM being like, and he, here's the thing, you know. Joe and Sally are, you know, spending 20 minutes trying to figure out what they're going to do, and the rest of the party already knows. So, the, so I'm just like, instead of inter, you know, interrupting them every couple seconds by people saying what they're doing and whatnot, I just said, hey, write it down in a card, hand it to me, and I'll know what your character's doing, and I'll let you know when your character finishes what they're doing. And it worked out pretty good until secrets started being passed. And then, you know, hey, I'm hiding this in my bag. Hey, I stole that from his bag. Hey, this is what's under my bed. Hey, I just created a workshop that the mat that uh, the Kadoran woman doesn't know about. And it's over here. And this is what I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, boy. Um, this isn't going to end well. And no, it didn't. Uh, so, I mean, you you had the Order of Illumination deciding to blow up the whole place. I mean, what what was that? Were you going to try to kill everyone and start again? No, see, I actually read uh, what you could find at the time on the Order of Illumination is that when they show up, uh, their job specifically is to deal with occult and infernal matters. That is what they do. And the majority of that is going to be Orgoth-related, usually. And uh, when they show up, they... Um, there's only a couple things they do. Either A, they remove the artifacts and interview the person to see if maybe they've been too tainted and need to be, um, uh, you know, some sort of cleansing ritual. B, they just decide, you know what? Um, there's nothing really worth saving and it's too dangerous. So they just murder everyone involved, take the artifacts after the fact, and uh, tell everyone else to not question them, which, generally speaking, no one does. Because you have to remember, these are very, very superstitious people. Very superstitious people. They're, they're sort of a inquisition, if you will. Yes. And and the, the Orgoth was bad. The Orgoth is so bad that it's still in living... It's, it's still in the people's memory. Even though that it's been 600 years later, yeah. And, and, and a lot of the times... Um, well, less than that, but yeah. I think, I think stuff that, that, that is also marked with Orgoth might be mixed within with the Cricks a little, a little bit. A little bit. So um, we're, we'll get into that more in our Lore Downs episodes. But yeah, no, it's, it's uh, not good stuff. You, you really don't want to be messing with it unless you know what the hell you're doing. And most people don't so the order of illumination that's kind of how they handle it however that's not all that they do they also look into matters of witchcraft and that sort of thing yeah yeah so back to i mean were, were you, what, oh, what were your so, plans i mean did you did you expect the other player to try to kill him or her? no i had no idea that was going to happen okay not entirely true that had been stated 
But I don't you didn't think really any. Think they were going to go through with yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't think anyone was going to actually do that, and I don't think any of the players at the table thought it was going to happen either. Right until it just happened, um, flash of memory comes to mind. No, everyone's taken up pre- pretty much off guard. And in fact, um, the Kadoran player was trying to retcon that, and I decided to let it stand because the situation was over anyways. Everyone was dead. So, I mean, that's kind of how that one went. But at the same time, when you think about it, when you have a party of, I believe it was eight, and six were present, and five of them were in possession or dealing with Orgoth material, and this is, what one thing we haven't stated is, this was a, mili- a mercenary, mind you, but military fort along a road. Not necessarily an impressive one, but still a fort nonetheless. And so trying to actually breach its walls with who knows what kind of occult magic and whatnot on the other side. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Just raise it. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially when I don't know if I ever stated there was only like 15 Inquisition members total that showed up. And they were not prepared to siege a place unless they were going to raise it. So that's what they did. Okay, so moving on from that into another camp, into a, um, another campaign I played that didn't last very long. But... We played that campaign, and one of during one of the sessions, um, he goes, "Okay, um, I want you guys to go kill some st- some skigs," <laughs> and he was not expecting us to actually go out and do it. But we spent an entire <laughs> session trying to do what he told us to do. It it was put aside as you know one of those little he, nuggets he, you put out for he, players. He shouldn't have made it so hard. No, I know. I well, honestly, I was trying to get you guys to stop no, and go do the. You. Was that you? No, that was. No, no that, that wasn't you. No, that, you were, that was... You were playing. That was the Godfather's brother that was... No. Uh, no? It, it was... It was... It was, um... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't jamming that one. I was actually no, playing. you were playing. Yeah. I had no idea what you were, but you were playing. I was a dwarf. I remember that. Yeah. I was a dwarf, and I had pickaxes, and I had... Exp- and I could not be knocked down, and I had explosive concussion... Wow, suddenly I can recall so much on certain things. It's weird. Um, but yeah, but yeah we fun. were we we were both playing in, in that one, and um, they were just they were they were just um, we we spent an entire like like one person actually went off and infiltrated a military base and did all this other stuff. Yeah, while no. the rest of us went and tried to kill Skigs. We tried and failed miserably to kill Skigs. Uh, Skigs. For any of those people who are out there, whether you have played War Machine or not, you likely don't know what a Skig is. In Iron Kingdoms, there are little dog rodent-like creatures. That used to be kept as pets. Yes, they were adorned. In fact, they were bred into very specialty kinds, kind of like they you'd like have dogs breeds of cats. dogs. Yeah, not quite as prolific on the breeds, but they were getting there. And Until... then they discovered red powder. Yes, and then they discovered red powder plus bad black, black powder goes boom. And that set off the uh, firearm uh, revolution. Skigs really like red powder. Not just really like. They go madly insane for it. If they catch a whiff of it, they will attack you trying to get it regardless of their own safety. And they eat it. They do. And then they become explosive. They gorge themselves on it to the point where it's actually they can't fully swallow it. Um, like that far and gorge themselves on it. And when they're in that state, their saliva and whatnot and their stomach and everything keeps it kind of inert. However, at the same time, 
let's say there's one that walks by and it's got a really big, you know, paunchy belly. You're not really paying attention. You decide, you know, what the hell? It's a little skig. It's, you know, maybe comes up halfway up my shin. I'm, I'm going to punt it. it. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes boom. And suddenly you are missing both legs and half your torso. Yeah. Like, it's bad. Um, but yeah, it's back. The, they're 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 fun. People yeah. like throwing them into into their uh, campaigns. And what, what was that? We were making that model. That was um, we were trying to homebrew the rules for that model for that um, the the skig tender. Uh, yeah, a skig farmer. And he he it was was it a trollkin or was it just a dude? Um, I don't remember. If we ever decided what he was or if it was just going to be a class. Yeah, but... and he he would um he he would come with with like three little skigs. Yep. And, then, and an alpha skig. And an alpha skig. And then he would like he would have like red powder, and he would like, or like he would like prime them or something, and then he would send them out. Yeah, he he would gorge them on it, and then he would like uh, throw out a a, uh, a little container of red powder at someone. And, they, and they would they would go after it, and then he would like shoot them, or if you like kicked, or if or if, or if yeah. they touched your base, they would explode, or they just became little. Or if he was out of it, all he had to do is be like, "Hey, that guy's got some red powder," and they will go up and attack you. And here's the thing: in the rules in the book. They start stealing your ammo because they're eating it straight out of your ammo bag <laughs> or bandolier or whatever the hell you have it on. So it's yeah. an entertaining factor, but it's it's interesting and it's fun. There's a lot of lot of entities like that in the Iron Kingdoms, which I find just fascinating. That that, that game didn't, didn't last too many sessions, but yeah. No, I just, but it was fun. So um, we should probably actually talk about the Iron Kingdom's core rulebook yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I'm, this this might just be Iron Kingdom's rambling. I mean, we're already <laughs> Well, yeah. Okay, so what do you want to talk about? Okay, so um, the races, they exist. You know, you got your humans, dwarves, elves, uh, which are broken into Ios and Anis. You got your Ogren, which are ogres. And you got your um, humans, um, which, as per usual, humans start off with extra... Um, one extra stat point sort of one thing. Of, one of my favorite things is, is just creating characters. I have tons of characters sitting around waiting to be put into campaigns. Yeah, like your little shy uh, Order of Illumination girl. I, I also have that I have that, that spy Order of Illumination woman who's uh, pretending to yes, be a priest. Yes. <laughs> so the, the classes are, uh, keep in mind you can take any two of these and combine them together. So one of the first things you have is you have, you oh, know, right, you, you have, you have the, the classes and then you have archetypes. Yes. Now, our archetypes are broken down into gifted, intelligent, mighty, and skilled. You have to choose one, and these define things that your characters can do. Like, like, if you are gifted, you can be a magic user. If you are not gifted, you cannot be a magic user. Correct. You might have a magic artifact, but you can't actually cast spells. If you want to be a tank, you want to be mighty. If you want to just be a sword-buckling awesome person of killing things, you want to be skilled. Yeah. If you want to be one of the um, investigation classes, you want to be intelligent. So, gifted allows you to cast magic. Uh, intelligent allows you to do any of the, um, like, let's say you want to give out orders for your party to follow and get bonuses. That's intelligent or anything like that. If you are mighty, you automatically become a weapon master. You get an additional damage die on all of your damage rolls that are melee. Whereas if you're skilled, you get an extra attack. And you get a lot of agility-based stuff. So you can really hone in what your character is. But your class doesn't necessarily, your class says, I should say, don't have to be that unless you're gifted. And then you, it's 
one of them better be a magic user, otherwise there's no point in being gifted. Like, you can, um, yeah. Um, and, like, so, um, I've totally lost my train of thought. Classes. Anyways. Okay. And, and class, classes have restrictions, like, um, an Iron Fang, right here, I'm looking at, you have to be human, you have to be a Kadoran, it has to be a starting career, and you have to have, and it's a restricted second, second career, which, um, the careers restricted to are aristocrat, military officer, soldier, warcaster. Now, there are warcasters, but they are, are um, warcaster is a class in this game, but it's not really... We've not we've not played around with them much because warcasters tend to be a little OP. Well, I I used to allow them in my campaigns. They are very 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 powerful. They don't even have to have a jack, and they're super powerful. So it made balancing the game very difficult. And so I have just and plus some of the combination of things you can do, especially if you have a power gamer who wants to like hyper focus on one thing. It'll just obliterate your campaign just straight out the bat before you even do anything. So you got to be very careful what you allow your people to do if they're going to be a warcaster. The other ones are pretty darn well balanced on all the other classes, I have to say. Um, a little, a few of them might overlap a little too much. And but, that's so th that is the Iron Kingdom's core rulebook. Then there's the Unleashed Full rulebook. I'll be right back. Okay, so yeah, so this is the Iron Kingdom's one. There's also Unleashed. If you want to be out in the wilds, you want to be a thorn, a a, a, a pidge, a uh, trollkin, not a trollkin, but a pidge trollkin. You bog, could be that too. Whatever. Bog trog. You could be bog trog. Um, and this this has a lot of good information about. Like, pharaoh, if you want to be pharaoh, get done on some of that pharaoh action there. Look right here, I just turned to a page, and it, it has a lot of good information about the races and everything. I just turned to a page, and it says, Trollkin and Booze. And it's just a little blurb about Trollkin and Booze. Yeah, or the Creel Stones, or yeah. um, there's information um, somewhere in there about blood sacrifices for mm. the uh, Tharn. A Gatorman's Gatorman, in there. Gatorman, yep, yep. I, I, I have a character sitting on uh, sitting on the shelf. Um, she's called um, Big Mama Gator. I just, she's awesome. Yes, yes, she is. Um, and then there's there's classes in here um, that that they don't have in the other book. They, they have archer. They have blackclad. You could do all. I I, I'm trying to come up with a campaign for um, the circle, but see the the problem with with me jamming is is I bounce everything off of um, caster, and so caster can't play my campaigns because caster already knows what's going on. I can play dumb, but you know, player and GM, player knowledge and character knowledge, that, we all know how easily it mixes. I have that problem too when I play your things because, like, I know some stuff even if you don't tell me anything. I still like I have more knowledge about the Iron Kingdoms than the other players, so I know what's going on. You know, I know about Alexia. They don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so yeah, we were playing. We were playing the Witchfire trilogies. And we had this one particular player who really, really really wanted to kill Alexia <laughs> and he was trying to find all of the cheatsy ways he could do it and you were just like no 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 and then he actually made like a really good run at it and you're like no and he's like come on no why not and you're like because I say so and he's like well logistically and you're like no because I say so I am the GM therefore what I say goes I'm sorry he has a really hard time understanding that sometimes yeah I don't know and well, here's, here's there, there's a lot of other times, though, if you come up with a good Chiefin. reason for something, I'll totally go with it, as long as it doesn't break my campaign. Uh, here's here's some race-restricted stuff. Fell collars, fen blades. So I, I looked at some stuff for Iron Kingdom's Requiem. Like, they released the Gun Mage page. Yeah. 
And I'm really disappointed because it seems like when you're a gun mage, you're just a gun mage. And, that, and while that can work, and it, it'll probably be fun, and we probably will play at least one or two versions in that there, you know, a campaign, we'll probably play, play, play a campaign in the Requiem, you know, with the Requiem rules, I just, it, it feels, it's restrictive. I feel like I'm being placed in a box and told I can't go anywhere. I, I like I like mixing the mixed characters. I like making backgrounds for them. And I don't know. I was looking at the page for the um for the 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 gun mage, and it's it's they're telling you what your background can be, what it can't be, how this is that, not that. And I don't like it. You know, I can do all that stuff on my own. I don't need help from your book. And that that may just be a fact that we don't have a lot of experience with fifth edition. In fact, we have none. Um, I have extremely limited uh, experience with 4th edition from a single game. I mean, most of our D&D comes from 3.5, or in her particular case, a modified probably 2.0 or 2.5. So maybe that's just what it is and we don't get it. We'll try it and see what happens. But the Iron Kingdoms as it stands now, there's nothing wrong with it. The system flows very well. It is well written it's and, for the most part, it's very well balanced. It's probably more of a money type thing. They're trying to reach out to a wider audience. Mm. I don't fault them for it at all. I think that's a good idea. The more people we bring in to support Privateer Press in any format, the more money they make to support us with all of the products. So, <gasps> please do. So, we were at, we were at um, one of our local game shops today and we totally saw... I didn't know he had this. I don't know why he didn't tell us we had this. He has a kit for Grindball. We get paid, we're going to buy that. Yes. That and Requiem. Yes. So, um, Grind has been around. It, it's a limited... We can totally do battle reports on Grindball. <laughs> yeah, we could. Back in the I early... I did state this is a Privateer Press podcast. That means everything Privateer Press. Yes. <laughs> okay. Back in Mark 1, uh, they will, came out with a thing for that. We will get into that later. Let's, that, let's keep but, talking about this. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. My, so, me and my tangents, I'm sorry. Yes, you are very tangential. Um, so, um, you you choose whether what you are, gifted, intelligent, whatever. Then you choose two classes, and um, you try to make them work together. Like, um, what's a really cool two classes you could make? Well, you could be a fell-calling long rider. A troll can fell-calling long rider. And then you choose, and then it goes into, um, I like, ah, it was just on the page. Where'd it go? So, you have the ability to start out start out um character advancement table that's what i'm on right here so there's hero level veteran level and epic level there's no i'm level one level two level three no no no, no. you are a hero until you reach 45 experience and then you cross over into becoming a veteran adventurer until you hit 95 experience and then you become an epic level and it's basically your hero is like a solo. The veteran would be like a, um, a named solo, whereas the uh, epic level is you're a freaking warcaster okay. kind of thing yeah. as far as the tabletop is concerned. And it takes a long time to get up to that point of being epic, depending on how generous your GM is with experience. And I like, um, I like the way... Um, Magic is managed in this game. You literally yeah. have like a dice sitting out on the table. So if you... Okay, so there's two different kinds of magic. There are... Well, we'll use Iron Kingdoms, for example. Oh, there wow. are will Did weavers. Did you see this connection page? Oh, huh? what? Nothing, just... 
Oh, yeah, the connections. They're, Devour a cult. Yeah. Um, so if you're a will weaver, and it, it all of these go off of, obviously, your focus status, you, know you want to extect, expect. Nishard. If you're a will weaver, Human you tribe. take your focus stat and double Human it. Human settlement. Wait. United Creoles. I'm sorry. You no, double that. So if you have a focus of four, now you have a <laughs> will weaver pool of eight. And that is what you use to cast your spells out of. If it's a cost two, you would then, you know, like, okay, so I'm at two, and then I cast another spell, and now I'm up at uh, four, and then I cast another one because I have this rule that allows me to cast more than two, and now I'm at uh, five. And then every round, you reduce that pool down by four. And so it's a constant rising and falling thing. But if you max out at eight... You can't cast spells for a round because you are magically fatigued. I, I also like... I'm going to sneeze again. <coughs> I can't pause it. Sorry. It's too late. I sneezed already. Yes. I okay. Know. Beyond the point. Um, beyond the sneezes. Um, I also like the dice. Um, if and if you are not playing in Will Weaver, all you need is some um, is some six out of dice. Yeah. D6s, that's all you ever yeah, use. I don't... I don't... I don't I don't have to. Have, I maybe it's like the the little sus millennial coming out in me, but I don't have to use the mainstream D uh, D twenty. <laughs> Supposedly they changed that in fifth edition. I'm hearing that it's not the D four D six D eight D twelve crap anymore. It's it's more it's changed. I don't know beyond that. I, I just heard know. that it's different. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I um I, I don't have to use a D twenty. I, I I like that. That makes me happy in my dark little soul. Yeah. Yeah. Which belongs to Everblight. <laughs> <laughs> of course, um, of course. And then I, I like I like the spells. I like the spell lists. I like how you level up. I like I like all this. I like all this nonsense. I mean, maybe I would like, um, you know, maybe I'll like Requiem as well. I just I love this nonsense. For instance, one of the examples that I can draw up is you could be a pirate, pistolier. Maybe that makes too much sense for you. Maybe you want to mix it up a little bit. Maybe you're a priest. So you're gifted, you can cast spells, and let's say you're a priest of Menoth. Okay, so you're a Menite priest, but you're also... So, you're also a fire sorcerer. <laughs> yes, you can go that route. Or you could be a Menite priest who is also an investigator. Ooh. There... Or a gun mage. You can't be a Menite priest and a gun mage, that wouldn't make sense. You could if you converted later in faith. So, um, Caster's big thing when he comes to, to, to GM is if you can, if you can spin it, he'll do it. Like, if, if you can sit down and you can talk to him and you can talk him through it and convince him and all this other stuff, he'll be like, yeah. You're a Signar and Gun Mage? Son of a bitch on me. Right, I am, I am a Signar and Gun Mage. We were in a great battle against the Mennites and, uh, you were the Harbinger captured? looked at me. And I instantly converted. I said, hell yes, I want some of that. I can't have it, but I, I want even just a little bit, please, please. And I just so happen to be really good at orating. And uh, so here I am. I'm a good mage. I'm a, I'm a priest. Yeah. And I would be like, sweet, yeah, let's do it. Just try not to convert everyone, please. I want a little difference here. Or, you know, something. Whatever suits my fancy at the time. Here's, here's the English book. We also have the God's Nation and Kings book right here. Which which broke down the human um, the human factions, um, it it broke them down and gave you like specific um, classes for those things. Yeah, for instance, I, I got the, binky. Go ahead and take the it. Um, 
You could be a uh, Storm Rider or Storm Knight. Um, I think it's called Storm Lances, actually. Take a minute. You could be a um, and it it, all it, sorts it, of things. it introduced a, um, like uh, specific careers for like the Lailies. Like it introduced uh, the Lailies oh. Amethyst Gun Mage. Yep, the Amethyst. Uh, um, the the Amethyst Rose Rose Gun Mage. Yep. Gun Mage of the Amethyst Rose. There we go. Um, and it also introduced... Um, um, it, like, it, it has specific Lely's casters, so spells you would know specifically as a Lely's caster, because you would know different spells as one of them than you would as something else. Yeah. Um, and it, it introduced a lot of more weapons. Like and lore. That's, it yeah. also introduced a whole bunch of lore about the different kingdoms that we really didn't have up till then, and aside then here's, from just little here's blurbs. Here's right here, and Paladin. This is this is now we're in Minoth. And you could be a, a Reclaimer. reclaimer. Yeah. And then um, an exemplar and... Allegent. That's what the guy was. He was an Allegent and I got him to bed in this. That's totally... It was... Um, and then like... So here. So if you're an exclaimer and you're a horseman, you're an exemplar... Venger. Venger. Yeah. Um, or if you're an exemplar and a ranger, you're an exemplar errant. So Protectorate warcaster. It, it adds all this stuff in and it just... Yeah, and I, I like I like how in this book it it it, to, it showed you how you could take the two combined classes and be something different. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, I want to be this. How would I? How would I be a gray lord? Like, well, if you want to be, I'm getting to that page. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm stuck on I'm stuck on Kator Jax. So if you wanted to be a gray lord, it they, would be you would a, you would technically be an arcanist, but you'd be but you'd be an arcanist gray lord. As soon as I. Into that. Here's Man of War. Yep, Man of War. Doom Reaver. Horseman. Which, if you can figure out a good way to be a Doom Reaver, Assault I'd Commander. be really curious to know how you do that. Okay, Doran. Because they just kill everything for the most part. Right here. So it's a Grey Lord. So technically a Grey Lord is just an Arcanist. But this this gives you like a little bit of lore on being a, a, a Grey Lord. And then it gives you spells that a Grey Lord would have. Specific spells for being a Grey, Grey Lord. Yeah, and a list of abilities and skills specific to Grey Lords that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, because as a Grey Lord you would have been specifically trained to be a Grey Lord. And, and so you would be trained to use specific spells. It looks like they're all winter spells. Them the Nists are competing for being poor, cold. Um, and then, like, here it is. Assault so, Commando. You could be an Assault Commando. Yeah. But here, an Iron Fang of... Ulan, which Ulan, is a horseman. Which is, which is a horseman and an Iron Fang. And then uh, Man of War Dracoon, uh, horseman Man of War. Yeah. Those are all things that you could easily do. And it's just... It, it really makes me, like... I, I, I'm looking... I'm, I'm hesitant, but I, I can sometimes be scared of new things. But um, I am hesitant of Requiem, yeah. but I, I hope that it, it gives me that feel where I can really feel like I am I'm one of the models sitting on the table. Yeah, definitely. So, so here's an Arcane Tempest Gun Mage. So instead of just being a gun mage, you're now an Arcane Tempest Gun Mage. Signar and Warcaster. Uh, Stormsmith. I have always wanted to see a I player... I have tried to be a Stormsmith. But the type of campaigns we try and put them on, it doesn't work. Stormsmiths only work outside. I'm going to read this and sometime, and I'm going to see if that's true or not. Okay, so um, here's here's the uh, Illuminated Arcanist right here. It's an Arcanist, but specific skills, abilities, and spells to, to just the be the Order of Illumination. And that's the one thing that from my past experience from D&D &D, is you choose a class 
And until you're, you know, X number of levels down, 5, 10, whatever the heck it is, then you can split off into another one because you've picked up these other skills along the way. It's and like, this doesn't like, make sense to me necessarily. I, I had an illuminated arcanist priest. She was a priest of Morrow who was going out as an illuminated arcanist to search out and, um, you know... Yeah. Right, the witches. No witching and stuff. Yeah. Or I had my, my um, illuminated arcanist uh, spy who was pretending to be a priest of Morrow. Yeah. You know, she was trying to go uh, go out and root out um, witches and um, Orgoth and that kind of stuff. And she was pretending to be a priest. I had created a pharaoh that was a mana... Uh, let's see. It was a mana war slaughterhouser. And... I thought it would have been awesome. The campaign never happened, but I thought it would have been awesome. But here's one thing to keep in mind with all this is you can pick up another class later on. You could have three, yes. You can have three, and that's fine. It doesn't actually restrict you a whole lot. It's not like, oh, now I have to choose where where I'm putting my stuff, and oh, but now I'm underleveled because my experience is being pulled different directions. You don't have that. Because it just comes down to your abilities or your spells that you're picking up that you have to choose for. You know, that that, was, that, that might have been a fault to 3.5. Keep that in mind. But that was always a thing for me is I want to be this special race. But I level up so much slower than everyone else and, that and it just it was that, never worth it. So, and also, I like how snappy encounters can be. Yes. Um, you know, you go in... You roll some dice, you declare what you're doing, you roll some dice, you know, and then the next person goes, and the next person goes. It, it's really it's really snappy. And it's very fast. From what I, I hear from a certain um, YouTuber I watch who does stuff, he, he says encounters can take, like, hours, and I don't understand how that can be fun. The only time I've had an encounter that lasted hours was our first, second, and third time, like, in a row, of doing naval battles in Iron Kingdoms. So that was... A bit laborious. Was that from when you played the statistics? Statistics. That was the statistics raiders uh, campaign. Yes. I would totally love to do that. I would kill me some men. Yeah. Yeah. I was a sea witch. I made for evil campaigns. Why don't I ever get in any evil campaigns? We're gonna have to try and do one of those. They're a lot of fun. I have the darkness personified. <laughs> okay. You I'm will not. be in this something or other i'm sure I, i'm okay I'm, I'm not darkness personified i'm i am i am chaos personified yes chaos chaotic neutral that is you no i'm just as a being i am chaos but yes mm. so it's it's a lot it, of fun and is, i think that any of you out there that haven't given it a try yet you should at least give it a shot i would I, say I am, now you might prefer fifth edition that's fine but I'd say at least give it a try. I, I am excited about Requiem. I am excited about New Iron Kingdom stuff. I, I am all for that. I just feel like this is the the death of the current Iron Kingdom system, and I am very disappointed. Yeah, I am too. They, they, I am this, 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 when this, we I, didn't hear for years and years on any new books uh, after the Scorn Empire one, I, I was very sad. I, I, you know, I... This is what I've played my most games in. This is the system I am most comfortable with. I can pick this up and I can make a character tonight and be ready to play tomorrow. I am... Let's not lie. You could have it done tonight and ready tonight. If I, I we have, were playing late tonight. <laughs> I, I, have, I have a lot of characters on the shelf. Um, I am just... I'm sad. I'm, I feel like it is... the You know, 
Yeah. I'm I'm excited. I, I am. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to the lore. Um, some of the way that you can make I'm looking characters. forward to the lore. I mean, beyond anything else, I'm looking forward to the lore. The, the way that you can make characters does look like it could be entertaining and all this stuff. But I, I like the Iron Kingdom system, and I'm, I'm just, I'm a little bit... And now we're going to have to wait probably five more years for them to release the Unleashed version of this. And I'm just, ugh. Yeah, like we just got this information, people. Come on. Yeah. And now and, we're going to have to do it all over again. Yeah, and, and we never got never got any campaigns in the Unleashed because by the time, we, you know, by the time Unleashed came out, we weren't really, we didn't have a lot of time for that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was bad timing on that one. But... We ho- I hope we gave you at least some insight into it. Maybe some intriguing parts there that you're interested in looking at, aside from our just rambling and lamenting and everything else. But um, excitedness, too. Excitedness as well. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a very robust system, and that's not something from a balance standpoint. I can state about a whole lot of other things. Not that I've played a lot, but we listen to a lot of people, and we listen to a lot of YouTubers and whatnot complain about systems. And even when they, even when they sing the praises, there's usually a long list of drawbacks. Aside from the questionable balancing aspects, uh, I'll put it this way: the um, uh, the balancing the GM has to do anytime warcasters are involved. Minus that, it's I- very very well balanced. I GM'd one game and it was it was a module out of one of the no quarters. And I had to I had to fudge the health because you were killing the enemies too quickly. That is okay. Okay. Uh, no, thank you for bringing that to light because I'm singing the praise a little too much. Combat system from a GM standpoint at least the players get powerful quickly. That is one thing about the system. Thank you for reminding me. Players get powerful fast. So balancing that with the encounters in a way that makes sense isn't so much throw more and stronger things at them. You have to be a little more crafty than that, I've discovered. You have to include the environment. Make them fight both the enemy and the route between and the room that's trying to kill them seems to be the better way to try and balance the system okay we need to sort of wrap this up because it's, it's over an hour oh I, i'm so sorry so before we go i want to play i want to tell you about my current character i'm playing in the witchfire trilogies her name is steffi and she's awesome she, yes she is we uh we we sort of broke the rules a little bit she is a our kind of dunia and she's also a knight yeah and um she's in full plate she is an augurin you're not supposed to be able to be an Archon of Dunia and a knight, but we just fudged it because we thought we, we were trying to build like She's the ultimate She's a paragon tank. of the, the faith. Yeah. And, we were, and we were, we're trying to build an, 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 uh, a giant tank. And, and there, she was going, going around to people and walking up to them and going, we're here to talk about your corpse situation or lack thereof. And just people were like, what? Yeah. Like, that's this. you're talking about a seven foot tall, giant, freaking huge Framed Ogren in full plate armor, in full plate armor with this massive war hammer just swinging back and forth and uh, easily off of her hip. Walk up to you with with a giant shield with a symbol that nobody knows. Yeah, with a symbol that like hardly anyone recognizes, if at all, and just be like, "So we're here to talk about your corpse problem, or Or lack uh, thereof, lack thereof," and like. If you're a character in this setting, how do you respond to that? 
like, and she's got she's uh, got dreads, and she's she started weaving like um like jewelry into her dreads. Yeah, yeah. And currently, you have taken up a juvenile razor bore as a pet on a release harness okay, on your so, back. So yes, there, she she occasionally carries it on the release harness. She also occasionally just picks it up and carries it around, yes. like a bag. And then occasionally, she has a leash. And she just and if it doesn't want to walk, she just drags it along on its <laughs> belly. It'll be sitting there like scratching itself using the gravel to do so as you drag it along. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's completely fine with this. And she's she's just. She's an awesome character. I, I I can't wait to play her again. Yeah. It shouldn't hopefully be long. And she... So she's technically the group leader, but she doesn't have concept of... Because she was raised out in the wilds, she doesn't have the concept of um, really money. She's more into barter. So she just occasionally will, will look at this other player or this, this, this other character, and she'll be like, go buy that for me. And he's like, what? And she goes, I want to know if it's a good deal. And so, like, she'll bring him with him and be like... Okay, I want that. He wants to charge me that. Is that a good deal? It's like, no. Okay. Bad. No. My. You charge too much. <laughs> stomp, stomp, stomp. Yeah. Walks away. So she's she's currently in a mercenary charter because she went into a town, committed, committed a minor infraction, didn't have any of the currency the town used to pay money for. And so somebody goes, hey, we'll pay your minor infraction if you sign this piece of paper. And she signed the piece of paper and ended up in a millionaire. Ended up in a mercenary contract for a year. Yeah. All over a five gold fine, <laughs> which is basically pocket change. Yep. <laughs> it's it's the best. It's just, I, I love that character. She's so much fun. Yeah. It, <sighs> if you play the Iron Kingdoms, uh, it you'll find that the system offers you quite a bit. But also she the setting a, itself is just she is a, a lot wonky. Of fun. She is a wonking tank. Yeah. I have no ranged capabilities. I have to run up to any to every encounter. But I you 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 can throw th- javelins with. I don't. With basically I don't have no accuracy. No, I, have, I have absolutely. No. Oh, it's a bow. That's right. You you fired a bow and missed horribly. <laughs> yeah, I have no range capability, so I have to run up into the fight. But once I get up there, if I can hit the thing, it's gonna die. Yeah, yeah. That that is that's kind of a problem. I am um, basically. So the the other thing is is because I'm I'm the leader. You gave me a little more experience, and so I'm a little too high leveled. Not really, honestly. I'm basically a jack. Yeah, yeah, you can go toe to toe with a heavy warjack and uh, probably win. I don't know. I'm basically a, a, a warjack. Yeah, point. yeah. Anyways, we've rambled on for long enough, but I hope this gave you some insight into Iron Kingdom. Some, I'm sure it's a topic we're going to come back and visit yeah, on and in the future. I mean, we we weren't really repaired. We just decided to ramble, and it's yeah. it's it's just something um, we wanted to we wanted to talk about Requiem, and then we wanted to talk about Iron Kingdoms and. We just wanted to talk about our experiences with the game as sort of maybe a... What, what would this be, awake? I don't know. You know, because um, it, it seems that the version that we like is coming to an end. Oh, and we just... it's ascending off officially. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're still going to play it. I I have no intention of leaving this system well, I mean, anytime people soon. People play you know old games all the time. I just I just I don't think we're it's not any... supported anymore. Yeah. So I will have to convert everything. Which, oddly enough, I found it's very easy to convert the uh, three point five three and three point five D and D over the the original resources that this game is based on. So I'm hoping that means at least that the 5th edition won't be so difficult if I so choose to do so. 
At the same time, trying something new might be interesting. We tried uh, Alternity for a bit to do something different. Yeah, but I don't know if that was really so much Alternity's downfall no, I think or that the was the players. problem with our players. I 100% put that as our player composition was not the best chemistry. Um, maybe if we try it with a little with a different group and see how it goes. But I want to try other systems first. I mentioned Mouse Guard. I also mentioned Mazes and Minotaurs. I want to play those. I, I really do. A Star Wars campaign. A Star Wars campaign. Yeah. Do you think we could get you know to run a Star Wars campaign for us again? Absolutely. I, I, if we can get him to sit down at the same schedule as us on a day, yeah. Well, he works. He works days like we do, don't we? Okay, this is a conversation yeah, we don't sorry. need to have on my <laughs> uh, Yeah. Anyways, um, thank you all for joining us for our 20th episode of Warren Allen's. Um, make sure you let people know in the description that this is just a lot of rambling. Yes, yes, I will certainly do that. But it's a lot of rambling that I hope someone at least finds enjoyable. Yeah, we love having you here. We love talking to you. Well, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye! Thank you for listening to this episode of War Nouns. Music for this podcast was provided by Prodelus. That's P-A-R-A-D-E-L-O-U-S. You can check out his YouTube channel, Prodelus, or listen to his music uh, from Bandcamp by going to prodelus.bandcamp.com. 